Hello, you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ellen Buchan, Insights and Communications Executive at AMBA and BGA. The recent extreme weather and the UN Climate Change Report has been a bit of a bleak wake-up call to many in regards to how long we have left to make change to save our planet. Therefore, today on the podcast, I spoke to Sandvik's Head of Sustainability, Matt Lundberg, who sheds some light on this important issue. He tells me what an average day as Head of Sustainability looks like, how Sandvik has managed to integrate sustainability end-to-end in its operations, and how it creates employee buy-in to its sustainability goals. I also asked Matt how he implements sustainability into his personal life. Here's that conversation. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, To start off, could you tell me a little bit about yourself and your career, please? Uh, Yes, I'm I'm an engineer in uh, chemical engineering and materials. And uh, after I did my master's, I sort of slipped into doing a PhD. It wasn't my plan whatsoever. So I have a PhD in, in materials as well in engineering. And uh, after my, my PhD, I wanted to get out of academia for a while. So I decided to, to do something completely different. So I went into a technical sales role. So I, I went around Scandinavia, the Baltics, uh, selling, servicing, uh, teaching on uh, the, the instruments that we sold. And these are uh, intra- instruments for material science. So electron microscopes and X-ray diffraction machines. And, and, and equipment associated with, with that sample preparation and so on. And um, after a lot of travels, living in hotels for two and a half years, I, I thought, well, I've had enough of this. So I moved on to um, working as a postdoc in Denmark uh, for one and a half years. And then I became a scientist at the same place in research, researching uh, materials for hydrogen and fuel cells and, and material for uh, fuel cells. Uh, and during this time, I uh, had a, uh, I was in a European-funded research program where I met up with, with uh, Sandvik, which was also part of this program. And, and then I, I was told about this job and and uh, and I applied for it and then uh, I started working at Sandvik also with materials for for fuel cells. So I was an R and D engineer, senior R and D engineer for three and a half years, and then I became a specialist within fuel cells. And uh, uh, during this period, I was initiating a hydrogen filling station in Sandviken, where where Sandvik is founded and. Uh, uh, during that time, I got really interested in sustainability. So I decided to switch careers completely. So for the last five years, I've been working in sustainability and, and now I'm head of sustainability at Sandvik Group. So can you tell me a little bit more about your role as head of sustainability? Can you tell me a bit about what it looks like and its fit within the organisation? And maybe give me a, a rundown of the kind of the average day and what it looks like for you. Yeah, the role is is a central supporting role, and and it's very connected or, or completely connected, I would say, to the business strategy. And, and Sandvik has a five-year business strategy right now, and one of the six uh, selected areas of, of extra interest is sustainability. So we have just 
changed as well uh, to, to be a purpose-driven organization. And the new purpose for, the, for Sandvik is advancing the world through engineering. And I think that speaks uh, loudly to, to sustainability, that you can't advance the world without making it sustainable. So when we look at sustainability, and, and my role is that I'm, I'm, my, my part here is to drive business and make sure that sustainability is included in business. And we believe it will drive business. So business and sustainability is just two sides of the same coin. And um, an average day, I, I would say no day is like the next, actually. In, in an area that is so fast moving, there's rarely average days. However, I would say there are common threads, uh, things that I, I work a lot with. And one thing is is to inspire and inform our employees on how they can contribute and how to work with sustainability and how to integrate it into business. So I would say, you know, I, I never have two days that are the same. So as an expert in sustainability, I wanted to ask you, the recent extreme weather and the publication of the UN Climate Report has kind of been a bleak wake-up call for many and I definitely feel quite scared about the future of the planet. Do you feel um, positive about it? I think that the, the report tells us that there is still time. Uh, however, as you say, it, it's, it's quite bleak. And, and, but I think we need to realize that we all need to, to contribute to make this deep cut in, in emissions that we need to succeed and to make sure that we have a sustainable future. And as an engineer uh, and, and being in Sandvik, which is an engineering company founded 159 years ago, you know, we love challenges. And this, this is a big one to take on. So we see, okay, what can we contribute and, and how, how can we make sure that um, we, we make it a positive feeling about the future? Uh, and I think, you know, if there's still time, there's still hope. Absolutely. So I read in Sandvik's um, website that it doesn't just try to control its own impact on the climate, but looks at supply chain all the way from its beginnings to its customers. Can you tell me a little bit more about this approach and this end-to-end approach to sustainability and how it works? Yeah, and um, if you integrate sustainability into business, then you also realize that this is one of of many parameters that um, you have to consider when talking to a customer because the customer has the same problem uh, as everyone else. They need to address climate change and they need to make sure that their products or, or their operations are sustainable. So if you start at that end of the value chain, you realize, okay, so it's not only that that we need to be more productive or, or we should have longer lifetimes and so on, but we also need to add this different sustainability values to our product. So basically, we're solve, solving a customer problem here. And this is something that Sandvik was founded on. We've always been engineers and solving customer problems. And, and if you look at sustainability, as an engineering problem. 
problem. And, and maybe it sounds a bit square and gray when you do it like that. But if you actually structure and look at, okay, what can we do? How can we contribute? Then you, you know that, okay, the, the customer wants a, a smaller CO2 footprint uh, in their product and so on. And then you see, what can we do as engineers at our operations. Well, we can look at our footprint, we can look at material use, we can look at electricity and, and fuels and so on. And by controlling and reducing that footprint, we will create a better product for our customer. But we also realize we cannot just stop at our own operations. We also need to look one step further back because when we source all the material and components that we need to develop or, or make that product that we in turn sell to our customer, you have a footprint there as well. So, so can we talk with the suppliers? How can we influence the suppliers to help us um, change or, or, or make uh, the CO2 footprint less? So everything that you put into the the backpack of the product, so to say, becomes the footprint at, when it comes to the customers. So really, when you look at the entire value chain, the less uh, CO2 or whatever um, parameter we're looking at that we put into the backpack, the better it is when it comes to the customer, which means that we will have a more superior product when we come to the customer than our competition, hopefully. So this is just an additional parameter to all the other parameters that a customer needs to consider when they buy something. And, and looking at the entire chain, you also you know, realize what you're doing yourself, but you also look at, on how you can help the customer that's you know, further um, down the stream. But if you look up the stream, how can we, uh, talk to the supplier and, and maybe we need to change a supplier to make sure that we get the right environmental footprint that we're looking uh, for. So then you have um, a, a sort of longer cradle to, to gate approach that we know for sure what we deliver to the customer is better, hopefully tomorrow than, than it is today. And that is the drive and the ambition to, to create a better product. And then it makes a lot of sense, I think, to, to have this end-to-end -end approach and, and connecting it all instead of just saying, we look at what we have within our gates. Uh, and, and then you take a bigger responsibility, of course, but it also makes more sense yeah. uh, from an employee point of view and a customer point of view and a supplier as well. So could you give me an example of what this approach kind of looks like? Yeah, I, I can give you a, um, uh, an example that we have actually already tried out, uh, which is successful, which was an experiment to begin with. Well, um, we um, have something that we call a buyback program. So when we, for example, manufacture a tube that is used in the urea uh, industry when, when you make fertilizers. We sell the tubes to a company called Semcarmon, and then they create a heat exchanger. It's a lot of tubes uh, where you which you use in the chemical process to create these fertilizers. And um, because, because it's a harsh environment, uh, you know, you need to have special alloys, which means they're more expensive to make. And, and uh, if you don't use expensive alloys, these tubes will 
break quite quickly. And with these special alloys, then they, they are um, alive for a longer time. Uh, but the end, at the end of their life, uh, you usually decommission and then you sell them to a, to a scrapyard. But in our case, with the buyback here, we, we looked at the possibility to actually buy back this material because we know the content, we know the uh, alloys in it are valuable for us. But we also know that we will help the customer solve a problem for the, the customer here sees this as a, a waste, something that they need to handle and get rid of. So what we did in collaboration with STEM Carbon was to buy back this big heat exchanger and then taking it apart using, uh, you know, just making sure that we get out the tubes that are interesting to us and then recycle them. And by doing that, we know the exact content of these tubes. And that helps us when we want to make new tubes again, because then you will have a better uh, source of materials. They're recycled. You will not uh, use new virgin material to make new tubes, which is good for the environment as well. And everyone in the, the chain um, benefits from this. Uh, our customer, uh, the customer's customer, and, and we then become uh, also the, the, the customer of, of their customer, which make it a circular flow. So then you create a, a circularity and then you look at, at business and a business model in a completely new way, because usually you look at it in a straight line, you manufacture something, you sell something, and then you, you use it and then you throw it away, uh, which is then a linear economy. And this is a, a great example of how you can look at it in a different way. Everyone benefits from it. And the environment and sustainability is, is the big winner here. So just by looking at the value chain and also rethinking how you could actually do it, you can, can uh, make big changes. So this is a, a test case that we did in 2019. And what's happened since then is that we've continued and, and developed this and, and becoming better uh, at how to decommission and how to, to calculate and how to, to, to sort the freighting and everything around this. Uh, so this is an, an interesting way to use sustainability to drive business in a new way and including the, the entire value chain. That's so interesting. Do you think that Sandvik sustainability goals that you launched in 2019 are they unique to your company? Is this a different approach than other um, other companies in your industry? I, I think that um, we stand out in our industry with with very ambitious and, and transparent goals, and especially related to to circularity and climate. So, you know, they they. If you look at the circularity goal, we have set 90% circularity until 2030. And this is a very, very ambitious goal. If you look at the average circularity in, in, in the world right now, we're up about 8 9% on circularity. So putting 90% there is quite bold. But by doing this as well, there is a lot of savings that you, you can do, and it's great for the environment. And also it drives innovation, which is a thing that you, you not always combine with sustainability. It feels like um, many times you, they 
many people look at sustainability as a burden instead of, of a driver. We believe sustainability absolutely drives business and uh, innovation. So by having these goals, you have to step out of your comfort zone. And, and uh, I think that in some ways, yes, there are unique, but other companies are also working in the same type of area, I think that the targets that we have set make them unique, that they're quite aggressive and tough. But also, if if we succeed and when we succeed, I would say uh, they will benefit us a lot. And for climate, our, our goal is to reduce our CO2 uh, by 50% until 2030. Uh, and here we have not made it easy for ourselves either. We set the baseline at the average between 2016 and 18. And, and the reason for this is the targets were released in 2019, so you couldn't come any closer than that. So we're basically digging where we stand to make sure that uh, we do the job and do it properly. I think tough targets are what are, all companies need to be setting. So I think this is absolutely the right approach. So to kind of talk about the Sandvik culture, is it kind of you dragging employees along towards these goals or do you have a lot of employee engagement in the goals? Well, I think that that the Sandvik purpose, as I mentioned earlier, advancing the world through engineering sets the tone. Tone from the top. Our CEO is, is very clear that one of the six strategic areas is sustainability. We have taken all our sustainability goals for 2030. We broke them down uh, and we have targets now as well for 2025. And then we have also uh, yearly targets and follow-ups on every uh, different targets within this matrix of targets that we have. So, so that is one way I think we, we drive employee engagement. But um, we have also um, a, an ideas hub where it's, it's basically an ideation platform where you can post ideas, innovations uh, that... Uh, and. and and usually, I think when you have one of these ideas hubs, it's usually connected to R&D. And we wanted to make sure that everyone, irrespectively where you are in the organization, should have access to this ideas hub. Because sustainability is, is not the sole responsibility of the sustainability function. It's everyone's responsibility. And I believe that every employee in the organization has good ideas, but maybe they don't have the uh, the right uh, communication paths or contacts and so on to make their ideas heard. And that's why we wanted to, to create this platform to democratize uh, the idea generation, basically. And um, what we did with this Ideas Hub as well was that not only to create the hub and the platform, we also set, set a, a quite high goal saying that until 2030, we will have 100,000 ideas or innovations presented in this hub. And by doing this and, and encouraging everyone, and not only the R&D and engineers, you know, the geek club to, to come up with ideas, but HR, communication, legal, finance, and so on, everyone should find ways to contribute to our strategy, to our goals, uh, 
makes this a really interesting platform because you have gamification, you have the possibility to invite other people to the ideas. And if you see an idea and, and you know, this, my colleague should really read this and then you can send ideas along to, to um, other members of, uh, you know, other employees and company. So uh, those are, of course, uh, very good ways to encourage the employees. And then, of course, me and, and other colleagues like me have an inspirational role. We have to be out there explaining and, and also making sure that um, our sustainability targets, we have called the, uh, the strategy, make the shift, uh, make the sustainability shift. So one part of it is, of course, to actually do the physical changes, you know, by the, um, the better electricity or change a fuel or replace a furnace and, and whatnot. But it's also about a transformational journey of the mind because you have to make the shift internally as well. You need to change the ways that we have used before that we know are not working well. That's why we're in this trouble. That's why we have the IPCC report. So you need to make the change mentally as well, that you need to learn in new ways. You need to learn how to use circular um, business models, how to think about purchasing, how to uh, think when you engage customers and and, uh, contribute. So uh, that is a a big thing, I think, uh, related to employee engagement, being out there and, and helping and guiding through this complex web that is sustainability. So I'd like to kind of move from professional to personal and just out of interest as head of sustainability do you integrate sustainability into your everyday life as well uh yes absolutely and and i i sometimes joke about saying sustainability uh, is isn't you know work is it's like my my way of life it is doesn't matter if I'm at work or at home, but but um, on this journey uh, I've done myself. I, I'm by no means perfect in in every uh, aspect, but I do try to change bit by bit and and adapting and finding ways and and also being uh, a role model to uh, my son and and the neighborhood around me. So we were the first one in our neighborhood to put up solar PV. Uh, on our house here in in North Sweden. I'm in Sandviken now, which is 200 kilometers north of Stockholm. And then if you go in and look at the map, you think, well, that's stupid. Why would anyone put up solar PVs there? There's no sun in Northern Sweden. Everyone knows that. And the thing is, there is a sun in (laughs) in Northern Sweden. And actually it's uh, profitable to do it and put it up. So it's good also to break these sort of preconceptions of what you can and what you cannot do. And then uh, once we put up the solar PVs on the roof, we we also transferred uh, one of our cars to a battery electric car. So we were the first ones on our street and in the neighborhood to have an electric vehicle or even a hybrid in, in uh, at that time. Um, and now when, when I have this role as head of sustainability, my company car is a hydrogen car. car. So... We only have electric uh, driven vehicles in the house now because my son has an electric moped now. He got this moped car this summer. And of course, we buy organic groceries and, and try to live as sustainable as possible 
Um, I we have this sort of competition. Me and my wife, we, we try to push ourselves to only buy uh, things that are secondhand. We we try to avoid buying new things to to add stress to the system, so to say, but to recycle, reuse, and repurpose as many things as possible. And then after a while, it becomes really fun because it, it becomes a competition. So there's a few of the things that I'm doing on in my private life. I love the idea of having a competition. So we're running out of time, but I like to end the podcast by kind of asking for like a one top tip. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what is a successful strategy that you've put in place at Sandvik, which you'd think would be really easily replicated by our listeners and their organizations? Yeah, I, I always talk, sustain, you should always talk sustainability when you talk business. You should never separate the two. I think that is, is the successful strategy that you need to put into place. And what we have put into place at Sandvik is that you always talk sustainability when you talk business. That is the way you integrate it. And that is when it becomes everyday life. When you stop thinking about it, you just do it because it works. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And thank you for a very inspirational chat as well. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Thank you so much to Matt for being on the podcast. If you'd like more thought leadership, head to www.associationmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to listen out for the next episode of the Ambition Podcast.